Shabbat Shalom and greetings to the 12 tribes scattered abroad. Bless one another in the chat and greet one another. What a blessing it is to come together on the Sabbath. I feel so inspired when I turn to the word of Yahuwah. This is the 34th chapter, and this is like the news coming alive without any of the propaganda. In fact, Moshe, can you just hand me my telephone again? I just want to read the front page propaganda news for you today. Um, this is coming from the Jerusalem Post. And that will give me a great platform to actually jump into this week's teaching. Let me read this to you. This is from jpost.com. And this is a live update. Here's the headline. Are you ready for it? Israel, Hamas war, day 57. IDF kills Hamas terrorists and destroys tunnels in Gaza. That's There you go. That's the propaganda for you. And then we'll get into the real news. Isaiah, the fifth Hebrew gospel, from a prophetic standpoint, we are in the 34th chapter. Give us some thumbs up. Give us some thumbs up. Subscribe to the ministry channel. And thank you, everyone, for the donations. This week we had... Um, a giving um, drive, and we were so thankful for so many people that did choose to participate and donate to Torah to the Tribes this week. If you haven't, there's still time. You can go in the description below, and you can text Torah to that number right there, and um, you can donate to Torah to the Tribes too. So please consider doing that, and thank you everybody that did participate in Giving Tuesday it was truly a tremendous, tremendous blessing. So let's turn to Isaiah chapter 34. And this is Isaiah, their fifth Hebrew gospel. And we are rambling through into the 34th chapter. This is an announcement of the world judgment. And it's introduced as a proclamation and it's addressed to all nations. Yes, all nations. So the people, that they're, they're invited to come near. As if uh, maybe we could debate. But it's really not a debate, is it? It's so that they can hear their impending doom. Come near, you nations, to hear Shema. And listen, you people. Let the earth hear and all that is in it. The O Lamb, the earth and all things that come forth from it. For the displeasure of Yahuwah, it's upon the nations. And his fury is upon all their armies, whether they're in Ukraine, whether they're in Gaza, all of their armies. He shall utterly destroy them. He shall deliver them to the slaughter. Their slain also shall be cast out, and their stink, they shall stinketh. Their stink shall come up out of their corpses, and the mountain shall be melted with their darm, blood. 
Edom, as in Edom, as in red. We're going to be talking about the Edomites today. We're going to be talking about tunnels. We're going to be talking about Gaza. We're going to be talking about Ukraine. We are looking at the Bible as prophecy today. And I love to read the book of Isaiah rather than all the fish wrapper newspaper trash. Just like I read the headline to you from the Jerusalem Post, propaganda, propaganda, propaganda. We're going to unpack it today through the holy word of Yahuwah that is true. And every man is a liar that disagrees with the word of Yahuwah. And the prophet Isaiah is a seer that he could see the truth before him through every single generation. And the good news is we get to participate in the shalom that comes from knowing Yahuwah. That is the good news. That is the gospel. Look at the fourth verse of the 34th chapter. And all the host of the Shamaim heavens shall be dissolved. And the Shamaim, the heavens, shall be rolled together as a scroll. And all their hosts shall fall down as the leaf falls off the vine and as the falling fig from the fig eights tree. So you can see the beginning. The prophetic narrative unfolds. And it is resonating with this tumultuous events, I believe, of our time. So Isaiah, he's painting a canvas, a prophetic canvas that transcends the temple. Oh, come on, Josephine. Cereal? For cereal? For serious. Turn the bloody phone off. Just throw it away. Just, just throw it in the trash. Unbelievable. But I'll focus. I'm sorry. It's insanity. It's enough insane people out there, a bunch of heathen with all their Christmas garbage. All right. Can I focus? Sorry, people. You know, whew. Good night, Josephine. All right, let me focus. Sorry. I am but a man. It's mad, isn't it, this season? We had to literally weave our way through a crowd of heathen just to get to the broadcast studio today. So I know a lot of you experience in that. I've spoken to several people this week, and it's somewhat depressing because you know why? Because you see the world, you see the spirit of the world, and they are godless heathen. Jeremiah, it's not me that's saying it. Jeremiah tells you in the 10th chapter in the second verse. Oh, well, I'm a Christian. Oh, I'm a believer. Well, no, Jeremiah said that you're a heathen. And that's the problem. And then when the phones are going off here, it's just the world encrenching on our time when we should be in the world. In the word, not the world. And you know what? I'll say it. it pisses me off. So now I'll get back to being calm. But I don't need this. I don't need to do this. And I don't need this. It's been going on long enough. 
feel like just shutting it down and walking away. All right, I'm going to read the chat to calm down. Please encourage me, brethren, because I feel like just walking out right now. Walking out. I've got this big red line here, and it says, end the stream. And I feel like doing that, but I'm not going to. I'm just going to calm the Henry down. Thank you, John Weaver. I hear ringing. Yes, I did too, and it set me off. I'm going to calm down. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. You can see, you can see, I've got a lot, I've got a lot to work out in myself. You see how I get fired up? You see how it doesn't take long to get my blood pumping, does it, brethren? Take a chill pill, Carlos, thank you. Yes, exactly, take a chill. You, You see what my poor wife has to deal with? You see what my children have to deal with? Good gracious me. John Sparrow, poor Josephine. <laughs> Shody Mac, relax, brother. We're all on edge. We need you to focus. Thank you. Exactly, exactly. That's why I came back over to the chat to calm the Henry down. Daniel, brother Matthew, don't give the world a W. Is that a W? Don't give the world a W. What's a W? Because it's a struggle that we must fight the good fight. Thank you. All right. All right. Calm down. Sorry, I'm wasting nine minutes and 46 seconds. All right. Are we ready to go? We're ready to go now. Here we go. We're going to do it right. So let's just edit the first nine minutes and 40 seconds. Matthew having a fit over the phone and the pagan heathens out there, and we're going to focus back on the word. Okay, let's just read it again. Come near you nations to hear, and listen you people. Let the earth hear and all that is in it, the Olam and all the things that come from it. For the displeasure of Yahweh is upon all nations, and his fury upon all their armies. He shall utterly destroy them. He shall deliver them to the slaughter. Their slain also shall be cast out. And their stink shall come up out of their corpses. And the mountain shall be melted with their dam, their blood. And all the host of the Shamaim heavens shall be dissolved. And the Shamaim shall be rolled together as a scroll. And all their hosts shall fall down as the leaf falls off the vine and the falling fig from the fig eats the fig tree. So Isaiah, like I said, he is painting a picture for us that transcends historic Jerusalem. It is moving into our times. It is transcending temporal boundaries. It is giving us, I believe, that's why I read the um, the live announcement from the Jerusalem Post for you. I believe this chapter is so clear in the spiritual and, and geopolitical landscape that we find ourselves today. 
And our exploration today is going to take us into the heart of the Middle East because we are dealing with the controversy of Zion. The controversy of Zion unfurls. And we're going to see the hidden recesses of tunnels and the burning fires of rage. The hidden recesses of tunnels, the burning fires of rage. We're going to be looking at the turban hidden individuals because this is a cipher and we are going to decipher the cipher, the very intricate layers of Isaiah chapter 34. We're going to see the flooding of tunnels and mine shafts in the text. We're going to break open the language. We're going to see that this echoes current events, and you'll see why I'm so jacked up today, but in a good way, in a good way, because we're going to see, like I said, these hidden turbans that will symbolize concealed identities, because Isaiah chapter 34 really is a prophecy that illuminates the geopolitical storms and the impending divine, and I say divine, judgments of our days. So now, time to take a chill pill and delve into chapter, thir chapter 5. So you're getting to see the real me here, right? I'm not all calm and collectible all the time. And I, my, my blood can get real fired up real quick. And I'm trying to be a better man, but I tell you what, some things can put me... It's the heathen! They're gone. They see, they're, pack, they're packing up out here. I love it. Spiritual warfare. For my sword shall be sharpened in the Shamaim, verse 5. See, it shall come down upon the Edomites and upon the people of my curse, condemned with mishpat, judgment. The sword of Yahuwah, it is filled with dam, as in Edom, as in blood. It shall overflow with fatness and with the dam of lambs and goats, with the fat of the kidneys of rams. For Yahweh has a sacrifice in Bozra and a great slaughter in the land of Edom. This is the text of the controversy of Zion. And we are living, brethren, in the very midst of the controversy of Zion. You better not talk about the synagogue of Satan because you'll get Kanye Kanye'd just like that, right? Deplatformed. You better watch out. You better watch out because it's the controversy of Zion. It's getting to who truly is the puppet masters. It is the whore. And guess what? The beast is about to devour the very whore that is riding upon it. Those reins of which the whore has been riding this beast for centuries, they are becoming slack. And that beast is about ready to turn on that whore. And that is a beast of a conglomerate of 10 that is about to turn. And this is what we are seeing. And it is the controversy of Zion. Ukraine, Gaza, we're going to get into all of that because we're dealing with the Edomites. Look at verse 7. And the wild ox 
shall come down with them, and the young bulls with the bulls, and their land shall be soaked with darn blood, and their dust made fat with fatness. For this is the Yom, the day of Yahweh's vengeance, and the year of paybacks for the controversy of Zion. It's the year of paybacks for the controversy of Zion. Could we be actually the people that are living in the year of paybacks for the controversy of Zion? When will that be? The year of paybacks will be when the beast turns and devours the whore, Revelation chapter 17. So the phrase, the controversy of Zion, refers to a dispute or conflict involving Zion seen as a representation of a sacred people or a sacred place. Now, in this context, there's the train horn. It signifies bloody heck. Oh, we got bloody phones. We got heathen. We got train horns. What are the, where are they? Where, who, I wish they'd ship the heathen off in the train. Oh, you can't say that. Oh, my goodness. So you get deplatformed, right? See, forget Kanye. Be careful, be careful, box carts. It signifies a situation, brethren, where divine justice wrongs associated with Zion. Zion. There's a lot of wrongs going on in Zion right now. A lot of wrongs going on in Zion. So many people are supporting the wrongs that are going on. Ukraine. Gaza, and the controversy of Zion. Zion. You do know that the Rothschild family are Khazars, and they control the IMF, the International Monetary Fund. Putin has managed to keep Russia out of their control. And the Khazarian Rothschilds, brethren, are supposedly working to destroy the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Supposedly, of course they are. And they are trying to establish a one world order. We all know that. But the media coverage of the war in Ukraine is a psyop of brainwashing people against Russia. That's all it is. It's a psyop to brainwash people against Russia. You see, what people don't realize as they put up their Ukrainian flags along with their bloody Christmas trees is that Ukraine was previously part of Khazaria, the Khazars, and its inhabitants had converted to Judaism in order to participate in the slave trade. You see, Ukraine is the operation and fiat laundering center of the global cabal or deep state. And Western support, brethren, for Ukraine stems from the fact that if Kiev falls, it would spell the end for the power structure that the Khazars, the pseudo-Jews of Rothschild, created in the past 80 years. So the scenario where the beast hates the harlot and bankrupts her and then burns her with 
inspire Revelation 17 is what I believe we're seeing unfold. It's a diverse beast with 10 horns representing 10 kingdoms under the leadership of the unicorn or King Charles and the Bank of England as the beast switches from a fiat system into CBDCs, central bank digital currency under the Bank of England, under the unicorn King Charles, which is the beast now turning to devour the whore, which is the Rothschild's, Khazar's fiat currency debt system that has been established since 1933. I believe, as we delve into this chapter, and we see the events that are unfolding in Gaza and the consequent desolation, that these are a response to the controversy surrounding Zion. Zion. Now, in the Jewish Encyclopedia 1925 edition, in volume 5 on page 41, it says, Edom is modern Jewry. I didn't say it, so don't deplatform me, okay? It's the Jewish Encyclopedia 1925 edition, volume 5, page 41. Edom is modern Jewry. Pharisees, Sadducees, Zealots, Essenes, Assassins, Herodians, scribes, these were all Edomites. They descended from Esau and they later intermarried with the Turks, producing the Turkic-Mongol Edomite mixture, which later became known as the Khazars or the descendants of Japheth, Ashkenaz, the present occupants of the state of Israel. And these Edomites have been in the vanguard all the way back forces even of the Babylonians. You see, they were the vanguard force of the Babylonians that attacked the southern kingdom of Judah in 600 before the common era, for which the Babylonians rewarded them with the Gaza Strip. And people don't go back into their history. Because they worked with the Babylonians to make war on the kingdom of Judah, the Babylonians rewarded them with the Gaza Strip. And guess what, brethren? They want it back. The Edomite Khazars, they want it back. It was given to them by the magicians, and they want it back because they are seeing that their Fiat stronghold in Ukraine is going to fall. And they need a new place to launder their ply and trade. And they want back what the Babylonians gave them. They want the Gaza Strip back. They who say they are Jews and who are not. It's the controversy of Zion currently at play in Ukraine and Gaza. It's payback. Payback is payback, and it implies a settling of scores 
and injustices. And I believe we are going to see the beast rise up and settle hundreds of years of injustice at the hand of the red shield. The whore who has perpetrated war and violence to indebt the nations and reign in the beast. Because those reins, I believe, are about to be severed, as in the reins that the whore is holding on to, desperately to try and manage the beast. Those reins are about to be severed as the beast turns on the whore and the fiat system collapses, and then the beast can bring in its CBDC from the Bank of England under the unicorn King Charles and the raising up of the beast. It's the controversy of Zion. Or you can go and read the Jerusalem Post. You choose, but we'll talk about that more. Let's look at verse 9 in particular. Remember the introduction? Not when I lost my noodles, but the bit before that. When I read you the live headline from the Jerusalem Post. Live, right now because it relates to verse 9. Not said me, said Yeshiyahu the prophet. Yeshiyahu the prophet, thus saith Yeshiyahu the prophet, I will flood the tunnels in Gaza. That's not me. That's the prophet Isaiah. And its streams shall be turned into tar, and its dust into brimstone and its land shall become burning tar, and it shall not be quenched night nor day. The smoke of it shall go up, leolam vayed, from generation to generation. It shall lie in ruin. None shall pass through it, leolam vayed. Look at verse 11. But the pelican and the porcupine... The pelican and the porcupine shall possess it, and the owl also, and the raven shall live in it. And he shall stretch out upon it the measuring line of confusion and the stones of emptiness. So look at verse 9. And its stream shall be turned into tar, and its dust into brimstone, and its land shall become burning tar. The Hebrew word here is nachal. It means a tunnel, a shaft of a mine. Look at verse 11. The measuring line of confusion and the stones of emptiness. What does that mean? These are the implements of a builder that were used either where partial destruction of houses was contemplated or absolute demolition. Is that what we're seeing right now? And in fact, you see this word and its description play out as in either partial destruction of houses or as in a complete demolition of what the Khazars are doing in Gaza, as in references of 2 Kings chapter 21, and Lamentations chapter 2. Let's go there. 2 Kings chapter 21, verse 13. You can see the language of this, line, this word that appears in verse 11. 
the stones of emptiness, the measuring line of confusion, as in this is talking about the implements of a builder where either partial destruction of houses was contemplated or an absolute case of complete demolition of all houses, as in Gaza right now. And I will stretch over Jerusalem. This is 2 Kings chapter 21, verse 13. And I will stretch over Jerusalem the line, there's the measuring line of Samaria, and the plummet, there's the measuring too, of the house of Ahab, and I will wipe Jerusalem, as as in absolute demolition, as a man wipeth a dish, wiping it and turning it upside down. Lamentations chapter 2, verse 8. Yahweh hath purpose to destroy the wall of the daughter of Zion. He hath stretched out a line... He hath not withdrawn his hand from destroying. Therefore, he made the rampart and the wall to lament, and they languished together. So you can see that these are the implements of a builder that are used where either partial destruction of houses is being contemplated but they can also be extended to the case of complete demolition. Confusion and emptiness stand for the words tohu and bohu, and they are used in relation to absolute chaos, and they appear in this verse. Of course, Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, tohu and bohu, confusion and emptiness. So there is five Hebrew words that reveal the tapestry of Gaza and our current dilemma of the controversy of Zion. Five Hebrew words. The first Hebrew word is nachal. It's spelled nun, chet, Lamed, and it means a mine shaft or a tunnel, and it appears right there in verse 9. The next Hebrew word, number 2, is Zapeth, and it's spelled Zade Pe Tav, and it means to liquefy, to float, to swim, to flood. It's from the root 2673 Chasar, to wrap in a turban, and from the root 2683, to hide. It's a bunch of wrapped turbans hiding in the tunnels, and they're going to be flooded out. You can't say that. That's racist. All right, I just did. All right. Number three, we got the Hebrew word afar. It's spelled ein peresh. And it means ash, as in sulfur, as in chemical warfare. And then the fourth Hebrew word, and these all appear in chapters, um, verses 9, 10, and 11, is, of course, the Hebrew word gofrith, gofrith. And it is spelled gimel, fei, 
Resh Yotav, burning sulfur, burning sulfur. And the fifth Hebrew word is Ba'ar, spelled Bet Ein Resh, burning fire. But not just a normal burning fire, like a rage, like a rage, like Hiroshima. Like what the Allies did in Germany when we destroyed a city in one night, Dresden, and we absolutely incinerated women and children, innocent civilians. The Royal Air Force did it. It was a holocaust. Let's talk about that. Innocent women and talk about terrorism. Oh, but you don't want to talk about that. Because history, we live in a world of post-World War II allied propaganda. Allied propaganda. Isaiah 34 truly is the news. Because it is unveiling the controversy of Zion in a modern context. I've got to have a sip. i got to have a sip. A profound allegory is unfolding before our very eyes, brethren. It's resonating deep within me. The ongoing events in Gaza and in the the broader Middle East. I'm getting tongue-tied today. Let's look at this through the four levels of Scripture. Pardes, we're eating in an orchard of prophecy. Pardes means orchard in the Hebrew, but we know that it is an acronym for Peshat, Remes, Drash, and Sod. So the literal sense of the text, Isaiah 34, begins with a very vivid description of divine judgment upon the nations. Not just one nation, but all the nations. Because the term nations is the goyim. And it encompasses a broader geopolitical context. We find a connection with the contemporary strife in the Middle East. That's just a plain sense. Now, let's see what it's hinting at in the Remez. Verse 9 introduces the term nakal, mine shaft, tunnel, which intriguingly aligns with the present reality of tunnels and the live feed I just read to you off the Jerusalem Post as we are broadcasting right now. And these tunnels are flooded we will witness a strategic and prophetic act reminiscent of Yahweh's divine intervention. But let's expand upon this now with the third level of interpretation with the drash. Because the wordplay in verse 9, as you can see, it unfolds an intricate narrative. We've got the Hebrew word here, zapeth, means to liquefy or to float, or to swim, because it's taking us beneath the surface. Where the flooding of tunnels parallels the drowning of hidden turbans, or a symbolic representation of individuals in hiding. So this vivid imagery, brethren, resonates with the current geopolitical scenario. This is what I'm seeing, so bear with me. 
I mean, I can lose my noodles occasionally, but you know, I'm focused when I need to be focused. Look at the depiction of the Hebrew word gofrith, gofrith, ash. The narrative now deepens because the root word chasar means to wrap in a turban. And it unfolds as a metaphor for those concealing their identity. Who are the ones? Okay, let's look over here. Look at the Palestinians. The pa no, 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 no. Who are the hidden individuals? Who are the ones that are concealing their identity? Yahushua already told us who they were. They're spoken about in the book of Revelation in the second chapter. We've called them out. And if we do again, we may get Kanye because he called them out. Kyrie Irving called them out. They've been called out so much lately that people are actually starting to wake up to the fact. Unprecedented exposure because they like to work behind the scenes. Now, the burning sulfur and the burning fire with rage, this depicts a fierce judgment resonating with the anger and conflict that we are witnessing in the region. The nations are becoming inflamed. Just look at what's happening in London. Just look at what's happening in Washington, D.C. Just look at what's happening in Germany and France. Now we get into the fourth layer, the sowed layer, the mystical secret level. And we see in Isaiah chapter 34, the flooding of tunnels and the burning rage. It holds a profound significance. Because the controversy of Zion alluded to in the text unfolds as a geopolitical events shape the very destiny of our modern nations. In the midst of contemporary conflicts, the scripture guides us with ancient wisdom. None of this propaganda from the news. You and I are so blessed with all of this madness out in the nations. As the heathens rage, as they go out into the fields and go down and cut a tree with an axe and they bring it into that, just as the prophet Jeremiah told us they would be doing. And he defines them as heathen. In the midst of all that, there's a group of people, a remnant, that are guided not by the traditions of men, but guided with the ancient wisdom of Scripture that enables us to have the discernment to see the unfolding realities around us. I mean, that's like, that's not 2020 vision. That's like laser vision. I'm talking laser vision. That's what we have. That's what you have when you spend your time in the Word and in prayer. Look at verse 12. They shall call its nobles to the Malchut, the kingdom, but none shall be there. And all her rulers shall become nothing. And thorns shall come up in her palaces, nettles and brambles in its strongholds. It shall be a home for jackals, not a home for jackasses, even though there's a bunch of them out there, 
there will be a place for jackals and a courtyard for ostriches. There's some rubbernecking ostriches out there I'd like to... Anyway, the wild beasts of the desert shall also meet in it with the wild beasts of the island. And the billy goats shall call to each other. The night creature also shall rest there and find for herself a place of rest. People rubbernecking in here. See, we've got a big um, garage door here. People like to rubberneck like bloody ostriches. All right? So look. Look at the concluding verses of chapter 34. It's a profound revelation that I see emerging. It echoes the very contemporary clash that we're seeing in the Gaza Strip. The flooding of tunnels, the transformation of hidden turbans into ash. It carries this really powerful, powerful prophecy of impending judgment. Now, in the current context of Gaza, where you've got Hamas militants utilizing tunnels for clandestine activities. Isaiah's vision resonates very, very eerily, wouldn't you say? Or is it just me? The flooding of these bunkers becomes a metaphorical inundation of hidden networks, while the burning sulfur, it mirrors the fierce firestorm engulfing the region currently, presently, as I'm teaching right now, as the tunnels are liquefied and the concealed turbans turn to ash. What we're actually witnessing live, real time, is a symbolic rendering of divine justice upon those who perpetrate conflict. And they love conflict because wars are bankers' wars. They're the whore's wars. Now, before I start to get you to polarize on one side of humanity or the other side of humanity, you do know that the former Israeli Prime Minister, Ehud Baruch, in an interview with CNN's Christian Amperor, on November 21st, spilt the beans that it was actually the state of Israel that built the underground tunnels beneath the Shifa hospital, which the Israeli officials have long said are used by Hamas for sheltering from Israeli attacks and storing weapons. He admitted it was the state of Israel that built the tunnels before you start to polarize. So Isaiah 34 really closes with a portrayal of desolation because what Isaiah the prophet is emphasizing is the irreversible nature of divine judgment. The owl and the raven symbolize the forsakenness of once bustling territories, mirroring the aftermath of conflict and what we are now seeing, absolute desolation of once bustling territories. But understand that Gaza was given to the Khazars by the Babylonians. And their site of fiat money laundering Ukraine, the Red Shield site, is being overrun by Putin, and they need a new territory, otherwise it's all going to implode 
And this is right what the beast wants, to finally devour the whore and her indebtedness, her money lending, the merchants in the temple, money changers, changing things, substance into debt instruments, and then laundering everything through Ukraine, that Putin's finally going to crush that. They need a new territory, so they're taking back the territory that was given to them by the Babylonians because the Babylonians gave it to them as a gift for them betraying the house of Judah, the true regal Negroes of the house of Judah. And that is why you are seeing all of this, people that are waking up like Kanye, like Kyrie Irving, then getting deplatformed because they expose the ones hiding behind the turbans, hiding their identity, saying they are something, but they are not. They are Edomites, according to the Jewish Encyclopedia. Not me, according to the Jewish Encyclopedia. So the owl and the raven symbolize forsakenness. Forsakenness. And as believers, we are standing at an intersection of prophecy and a present reality contemplating the unfolding of the controversy of Zion. I've been reading about it for 20 years, but I actually believe we're in it. It is a divine response to human strife. Isaiah 34, brethren, if you can just grasp, is really a somber reminder of the consequences that befall those who perpetrate, that's a big word for me today, violence and injustice. Look at verse 15. There shall the hoot owl make her nest and lay and hatch and gather under her shadow. There shall the vultures also be gathered, every one with his mate. Seek for the scroll of Yahuwah and read it. Not one of these shall fail. None shall be without a mate. For my mouth he has commanded and his ruach shall gather them. And he has cast the lot for them and his hand has divided it to them by a measuring line. They shall possess it, Leolam Vayed, forever and ever, from generation to generation. They shall live in it. There's a lot to unpack. Can you see why I'm jacked up? Been geeking out on this a lot. Isaiah, I believe, is calling us to uncover the paths of peace. To uncover the paths of understanding within and to also, also to see that this is an artificially engineered conflict and crisis. And it is orchestrated by the deceptive entity revealed and mentioned in the book of Revelation. You know who I'm saying. Manipulating both sides for profit amid desolation. 
as the nations engage, brethren, in fiat debt relief funding and construction contracts that will emerge from this absolute desolation and wreckage, it is essential that we recognize the deceitful game played by the orchestrator symbolized as the whore in Revelation. They who say they are Jews and who are not. The synagogue of Satan, the red shield. Ultimately, the beast representing the collect, listen, the beast representing the collective awakening of the nations will turn against the whore, unveiling the realization that she has masterfully exploited nations in a cycle of debt, slavery, and war for her own gain as wars reveal themselves to be tools of bankers. That is where we are. It is the controversy of Zion. And it's all right here in chapter 34. I'm going to pop on over to the chat and see if you guys are still there. This was a little bit of a different stream today. It started off good, then I lost my, and then I got back on it. So bear with me, brethren. Let me put my spectacles on. Oh, my goodness. Woo! We had a hot mic today, didn't we? Let's see if we got Baruch Hashem Yahweh. If you want me to pay attention, then put up um, a red line at Torah to the tribes. Woo, there's a lot going on. It's a lot going on. My goodness gracious me. Thank you, brethren, for being patient with me. Give us some thumbs up. Come on, I work very hard on this one. Give us some thumbs up. Subscribe. Subscribe to the ministry channel. You can always pop. What was that? Was that your bloody watch? Whose watch was it? Bloody alarm bells going off. Phones, watches. Oh, wow. Don't get me going again. That would be a good, a bad close, wouldn't it? Matthew loses his noodle on an alarm watch. Somebody's wearing a Casio watch from the 80s in here. What was I saying? Can't remember. Oh, yeah. In case we do get a deplatform, go over there to Odyssey. We're backing everything up on Odyssey, and some of our really devout brethren have backed up stuff to their external hard drives for us. I recommend that you choose your top 10 teachings of Torah to the tribes and back them up because you never know, right? There's a big controversy going on on YouTube, and I am apparently a part of it. There's too much truth. I tell you what, they don't like it. Because, you know, look at the people that own the platforms. Look who they are. Look what creed, and you will see what I'm talking about. Okay? Oh, my goodness gracious me. Whoo! Latoya! Baruch Hashem Latoya. Thank you for encouraging me. Really good teaching, Brother Matthew. Thank you. Bill Crane, 
Can you review who is Babylon and who wants Gaza back? Well, who is Babylon? Well, Mystery Babylon, we got Mystery Babylon. What is Mystery Babylon? I believe is this, these fiat nations, right? Anyone that is actually partnered with the International Monetary Fund and using negotiable instruments, debt instruments, which is the majority of the countries. They've partaked with the Red Shield, the Red Shield, okay, which is all about money changing, right? Money changing, account of ledgering and giving you these, these monopoly money, right? This, this, this is the synagogue of Satan. This is the red shield. They're doing what they've always done, which is being money changers. But the beast, so that's the whore, that's the whore. And our whole current financial system post-1933 is the whore's system. Okay, indebting the nations through wars which are bankers' wars. But their laundry center, the laundry center of the red shield is Ukraine. Okay, it's Kazarian, Turkic Mongols. Putin, who's not part of that system, is why we have the controversy in Ukraine, which is why the West is so desperate to keep it going because the West is owned by those who say they are Jews and who are not. Just look at the dual citizenship of all of your political leaders, specifically in the United States. Just look at all of the leaders under FDR. 72 of his leaders, of course, they all were, again, dual citizens. Okay, so it's very clear who's running the show, and that is the Red Shield. But the whore, that is the whore. But the beast, and I spoke about this in the, in the Sukkot teaching, the beast is about to devour the whore, Revelation 17, meaning that the fear system is about to go down because they are tired of the wars and of the actual leveraging of the nation through the International Monetary Fund and those who run it. Which means that get King Charles gets to reset, the great reset, with help of his good buddy, Klaus Schwab, and we bring in the central bank digital currency under the Bank of England, and up comes the beast to devour the whore, and it's the great reset. This is what we're seeing. But remember, now, if the Ukraine falls to the Russians, where does the synagogue of S.A. Tan get to do the laundry? Well, they're going to need their old territory back that their good friends, the Babylonians, under Nebuchadnezzar, gave to them when they actually, of course, betrayed the true Jews in 600 before the Common Era and a gift for their betrayal was the Gaza Strip. And they want it back. And they want it back. And that is what we are seeing right now. And again, you're getting all the same clowns that support Ukraine supporting what? The destruction of Gaza as innocent women and children are slaughtered. And the whole place is absolutely demolished. It's a war crime. Unbelievable. It's no different than when the Royal Air Force 
absolutely turned to dust innocent women and children in Dresden. Okay? And nobody wants to talk about that because that's what's going on. So there you go. <laughs> I've dropped a big load on you today, didn't I? It's a lot to meditate on. But this is the real truth. It's the word of Yahuwah, prophecy, that allows us to be able to guide and steer ourselves so that we do not get distracted and we do not get pulled in because ultimately this is a fight for Jerusalem and these clowns are going to go up to the Temple Mount. They're going to start sacrificing animals and they're going to start building a temple and the Antichrist, and we all know who he is, or do we? We have some very strong ideas. Is going to go up there and proclaim himself to be the king of Jerusalem. And we're going to see all this in our lifetime. It's unbelievable, isn't it? My goodness. Woo! So this is the rising beast, the second beast of Revelation, Bill Crane. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, you guys, I got a lot of comments, a lot of comments. I'm going to go through this chat afterwards because I don't want to tie you guys up anymore. I feel like I've beleaguered the point. I've beleaguered the point. I need to calm down so you guys can calm down. Praise Yahweh. Yah is good. Yah is good. His people are righteous and Yah bless you. Let me end with a prayer and a blessing upon you in good behavior instead of me being all salty. Yevarechacha Yahuwah veyishmerecha. Yeyer Yahuwah panavelecha vechonecha. Yesa Yahuwah panavelecha vayasim lecha lecha shalom. May Yahuwah bless and keep you. May Yahuwah shine his face upon you and be gracious unto you. May Yahuwah lift up his countenance upon you and grant you shalom true peace in the Sar Shalom, the Prince of Peace, Yahusha HaMashiach. Sabbath blessings. Thank you for being patient with me, gracious with me, with all my shortcomings. And I have so many. Thank you. I know you have to put up a lot with me, but I'm so blessed that you're here and that you have stuck with Torah to the tribes through thick and thin. And if you're new to the channel, thank you. Stick with us. Yahuwah's word is true. Every man that does not align himself with the word of Yahuwah is a liar. If you choose the traditions of men and the traditions of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, then you're just a heathen. It's time to return to the word of Yahuwah. And that's what we want. Because when we do, we can truly, truly see with laser vision. And we don't get distracted by all of the nonsense that the world would shove at us. Well, yeah, I did get a bit distracted today, didn't I? But, you know, that just shows you the wrestling that we have. Why is it that I do the things that I do not want to do, but the things that I want to do, like stay on the righteous path and stay focused, that I do not do? But I was able to steer it back a little bit, I hope. I hope this message blessed you in spite of me. Yahweh bless you. And Shabbat Shalom.